to another special episode of the Apple Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce. It's episode 117, and I'm joined on the line once again by Lux. Lux, how are you now? And today I am doing okay. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. Um, that suggests that yesterday was not so hot. So, what happened yesterday, my man? And let's just say that some people decided that they were more deserving of the store's inventory. What? Yeah. Hey, now you have to tell a story here. What happened here, my friend? Well, and they, I myself didn't notice this, but from what I was hearing from the store owner is that a couple of these guys in, for the last few days haven't come around and like not doing anything. They they just walk in, walk around, look around, and leave. Well, yesterday we had the store and the store closed because we were having electrical work done, and they decided to slip in since the doors were being locked. Oh dear. Okay, that sounds bad. And uh, how yeah. how was how much was the damage? And I mean, there were a few, I think there were a few broken shelves and uh, some on a, the, around the two hundred dollars worth of comics and uh, stolen, and I don't know the total amount of steel product that was stolen, but yeah, not 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 small, that much. Not not a small number though. No. Oh well. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> we can t- we can tell who's not going to be on Santa Claus's good list this year. Holy moly, that's pretty pretty terrible. Um, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that, Lux. Um, was anybody yeah. hurt in this uh, in this heist, or were you guys, everybody, electricians, employees, everybody like in like in good health? And thankfully, the electricians were not currently in the store whenever the break-in occurred. Well, that's good to know. So that so no one got hurt. Um, but your owner's probably annoyed that he lost several potentially thousands of dollars worth of product which is just lost money so audience i'm just going to use this as a soapbox here we wonder one of the reasons we hate when products go up is because when stores have to increase prices because of nonsense like this like this whole shoplifting thing is a victimless crime disagree because all a store will do is they'll have to increase prices so they can make enough money to keep the lights on and so the rest of the product it goes up in price for the rest of us who are decent consumers. So if you find people who are being slimy and stealing stuff, um, could you try, like, contact the authorities or at the very least contact your store and let them know? Like if you see stuff, like this is one of the things that drives me crazy personally as a consumer. Like I don't like it when prices go up, but I understand the world, the prices of things are going up. When I can watch the prices of my groceries, like my bags of milk and my or my um, or my cartons of orange juice and fruit and vegetables and stuff all go up in price, it's only logical that my hobbies also see an increase in prices. But they don't need to be exacerbated by the fact that people are out there, spa- sw- uh, like unequivocally stealing stuff from stores. And these guys, this was a premeditated act, clearly, Lex. Clearly, right? Like, yeah. They went like in I said, there. Like these guys were casing the place out. They had a plan, and they did something, and like they they knew exactly what they were grabbing. It was something that would be quick and easy. They could get in and out, and they could carry it without too much trouble. And they're slime. So, and I that's that's the polite word that I'm using here on the on the cast there, Lux, because we don't swear on cast, right? So, audience, if you go ahead. Nate. I was just going to mention that, thankfully, though, none of our and uh, valuable signals were stolen. And thankfully, because the, the, the display cases use shatterproof glass. Oh, no, for sure. Like, like I'm glad you, anything that was very, very high in value was secured and not, not able to be, like, stolen easily. Um, now, like, what did they grab? Were they grabbing, like, magic product? Were they grabbing, like grabbing what sort of tcs were they grabbing well they they mainly grabbed anything that they could but a majority of what was stolen was pokemon tcg product (laughs) (laughs) oh 
Pokemon. They, they wanted to steal the kids' game. Like, not like a here's kids' they, game like Magic. They, here's the thing. they We had an entire they, box full of booster boxes of the new expansion that had just released. Okay. They made off with that. Well, again, they are slime. Audience, you can substitute whatever bad word you want to, you know, in there for slime. Because you can probably imagine another bad word. Um, to describe these individuals, but they are slime. They are they are rodents in the in the truest sense of the word. And um, I hope the local authorities find them and prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law. That's all I'm going to say about that. So, um, yeah. I'm sorry, Lux, because that's no fun for anybody to have to deal with your owner or or the, or the employees or anybody else. So I'm sorry you had to go through that. Uh, and, you know, deal with the police and, you know, whatever else. And I, I don't know, man. That's pretty, pretty, pretty terrible. Here's a, just a thought. Do you think they were in cahoots with, with the electrical company? I, honestly, I have no idea. Like, I'm hoping this isn't the case, but the, the fact that these guys have been like, casing the joint out, they, they, seriously, this is just completely random. Up until a few days ago, these guys had never been seen around there. Yeah. So they, yeah, they just they they just came in, they cased the joint for a couple of days, and then made their move. Yeah, I just it's uh it's just disappointing that like, like it would have been one thing if the store had been open for business uh, like, as per usual. That's pretty terrible. But you know how did they know that the electrical company would have been in doing electrical work in your store? Just, just thinking that, like, maybe, 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 maybe. I think. No, I think what it was is that they came back to case it out again. They, because you know they, that was what they did. because they every single day, like we had different employees uh, there. Yeah. And I think they were trying to map out the schedule. And oh. so they, they came back and happened to notice that you know they the store was closed and the electrical company was there. And so it was on like Donkey Kong. I get it. Well, that's really unfortunate and really, really ugly. So I'm sorry, my friend. And um, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. All I'm going to say, all right, um, do you move on there, my friend? Yep. All right, let's get on. So we'll have some, new, some housekeeping and we'll get on with the show. All right, folks. So like we say each and every week, uh, you can find all of our back episodes over at thelotuscouncil.com. Um, that means any of our podcasts you can find there. Uh, you can also find links to the, the link to the Discord, which is a great resource for anybody who's who loves magic um, for deck construction ideas, formats, uh, cards, uh, box breaks. You you name it. There's a pretty wide range of things coming up. Um, for you know, one of the big things right now is that they're going to be getting ready for the uh, Dominary United uh, box break that they're gonna that they're gonna stream on Twitch. Uh, and post to YouTube so you can check it out on your own. Uh, it's actually a lot of fun, and it's a, it's a it's a sort of it brings everybody in the community together to check out the box and see what cool things are inside. So yeah, come and check out thelittlescouncil.com. The link to the Discord is in our show notes, so you can just have to go there and click on it, and you can come on in uh, and see for yourself just how friendly and positive uh, a group it is. And uh, come and check it out for yourself. I think you won't be disappointed. All right, um, tonight we're going to have three segments again. We're going to have, uh, segment one's going to be garbage or great there, Lux. Um, we're going to have a, uh, then we're going to have some cards from uh, the new Warhammer 40k Commander product that actually releases October 7th, which is actually very soon. Like, we just got Dominary United, and now we're getting uh, Warhammer 40k, and I don't know, did you catch up with the Infinity stuff that got released today, or... Previews that started yeah. landing yesterday and again today? Yeah, and like I was checking those out too. Good grief. <laughs> so, there's not a lot of time for us to to let, like to live on this stuff. It's like comes out new product come out as fast and furious. And then tonight we have a deck which is going to be an Astor Bearer of Blades brew. Um so that's pretty cool too. So, hold on a second. Um, I'm looking for this card. I have a bonus pick, I think, tonight for a garbage or great. 
Okay, so let's get on to it today. So we have our garbage or great tonight. We have Blade of Selves. So Blade of Selves is a two-mana artifact equipment that says uh, equipped creature has Myriad, which is an ability where we, we saw it in the Commander Legends Baldur's Gate where you, when you attack, it makes a copy for each other opponent um, and then uh, has an equipped cost of four. So what do we think, Lux? Is is Blade of Cells garbage or is it great? And honestly, I think this card has the potential to be really great. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. Um, obviously, I think you want to put it in a deck that has lots of lots of ETBs. But um, I think the card is actually very good, and people should be looking to play it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. Um, I think it's really, it's, it's really quite simple. If you will have lots of, uh, you want to make lots of copies of this card or of a creature with an, e, with an interesting ETB, um, and then you can find a way to, or if you can make copies of it and take advantages off the copies dying, then I think you can get lots of really powerful effects off this. Do you want to know some of the top commanders that go along with this card? Sure. So Ao, the dreams, the Dawn Sky, which is the five mana, uh, five four flying dragon from Kamigawa and Neon Dynasty, which uh, if you can sacrifice this, it has two interesting triggers. And I remember us spending a long time talking about Ao um, as a as an interesting card, but if you have Ao and you have Blade of Cells equipped to it, and the tokens have a way to get sacrificed before they get exiled, you've got a really potent way. To burn through your deck and do some cool things. Uh, Kaiga the Tide Star, Yose the Morning Star, Atsushi the Blazing Sky. Do you notice a, a trend here? These are all like dragons of death triggers. Kokusho the Evening Star, um, then Gaunti. Imagine Gaunti Lux with a Blade of Cells. Yeah. He attacks, he makes extra copies, and starts digging through people's decks. Gross, huh? It's just gross to think about. Yeah. Uh, Rolesque, with the, with the, when it dies, with it when the token dies, you can double proliferate. I don't know. That seems pretty good. Uh, just to name a few. There's others, and I think they're they're pretty cool. Um, but like they're things that have got good ETBs or things that have got even better death triggers, so you can sacrifice the tokens. So, yeah. Um, the card is not overly expensive right now, uh, which is kind of a nice nice development so i believe there was a time when blade of cells was reasonably expensive so let's see blade of cells blade of cells once upon a time was you know over ten dollars but now since it got reprinted in baldur's gate uh it's under five so making it a very budget-friendly pickup um very potent inclusion in lots of lists so I'm. I love it. I think it's a great. Uh, I think it's a great inclusion. Um, so yeah, I think. Oh wow! At one point, it was up to thirty dollars. What was that? As late as May sixteenth, twenty twenty-two, it was a thirty-dollar card. Huh. Oh, there we go. So it was expensive. <laughs> Blade of Cells seems good to me. Um, so, garbage or great? What do you think? I'm going to say great. Me too. All right. I have a bonus one for you tonight, though. Check this mm. one out. Horn of Valhalla. One in a white Ooh. for an artifact equipment. And it's got adventure on it. So, the adventure half of the card. It's Yeezgard's Call. X white white sorcery. Create X white soldier's creature tokens. And then... For the art equipment, is equipped creature gets plus one plus one for each creature you control with a casting cost of equip three. Is this like am I the only one that thinks this card is crazy? It, like yeah, it is crazy. Like I mean, wow. Like you get it one turn, and like if you need a board state, it gets you a board state, and then the next turn, you can then proceed to equip it. Or equip something and go to work and smash people. It's under a dollar, folks. It's like fifty-four cents. 
from Baldur's Gate. And if you got the, yeah, if you get the, yeah, there's a borderless one. It's forty seven cents. The borderless. This card is nuts. So I found it, and I'm building Ginny Fay. And so you want to have ways to create lots of tokens, and Horn of Valhalla certainly does that for you. And with Ginny Fay on the battlefield, you turn them all into two twos or three ones or what have you, and then you're going to go to work um, and hopefully win. So yeah, seems good to me. Fifty-four cents, Lux. Fifty-four cents. <laughs> Who said that magic has to be expensive when you have cool artifacts like this that cost dirt? Oof. Anyway, Horn of Valhalla, everybody. That's your bonus garbage or great pick tonight. Okay, uh, on to the Warhammer 40k product. So, Lux, have you been looking, checking the spoilers for Warhammer 40k? Yes, I have. And, uh, yeah, they... I can't even begin to tell you the level of spiciness I've been seeing. Oh my goodness. It seems like, okay. So last week, my brother and I sat here and we trashed, trashed the two Dominaria decks. Like they look embarrassing comparatively. And if you think about some of the other commander decks they've pushed since they've, since they've gone to this model of creating decks to go kind of company each set. Um, there's a whole lot of really questionable commander decks these don't look questionable these look like gas like whole oh, these look these look yeah like these are the first gas decks i've seen since in the uh, streets of nukapena um so i think nukapena was good i think the Baldur's gate decks were actually surprisingly good too um but the dominaria ones were poop they were poop soup um, and I remember like Zendikar Rising, which was the first set they had it with the Oban and um and uh Anawan, I think were pretty much poop soup. Uh, the call time ones weren't a lot better, so I think like there's been some hit, there's been some good ones. I agree with you, and like New Capenna strikes me as being fairly strong. I think these are a good, good, like, site better. Um, not only in card design, but in how they, they look like warhammer 40k stuff instead of magic stuff but they still feel like magic cards does that make sense yep like to me they can see that you that you know that you have a good deck on your on your hands when your play group basically asks you not to do that to them again yeah yeah so i can imagine a lot of people saying you know what i don't think i want to play like if you play pre-con versus pre-con like you don't have to play these pre-cons against each other and not a pre-con from another set, because I think these are like a, a tier above in terms of caliber. Anyway, let's have a look at some of the cards. We picked up 12 there, folks. There are more. Like, the set's jam-packed with new, cool new cards. And on top of it, old cards with cool new art that meshes with the Warhammer 40k theme. So, I think it's, like, overall, the set's very well done. Um, definitely worth uh, looking at and, and, and picking up a deck. Uh, I'll probably be picking up one of them. I don't know which one, but uh, I'll certainly be trying to. I'll be looking to pick up one of these decks uh, in the next, uh, sort of after it drops in October. All right. Do you want to do the first one? Or do you want me to start off, start us off? And I can do the first All one. All right. Go for it. Okay. Let me pull it up real quick. <coughs> okay. Nate. First up, we have an. I guess it's Zarek, the Silent King. How do we pronounce yeah, that? I think that's right. Zarek seems checks out with me. I, I'm not sure. I I, I know the um, the uh, the actual pronunciations very well, but I think Zarek seems makes sense to me. Zarek, the Silent King, for one and black, black, black. You get a in a three four and legendary artifact creature Necron and with flying. Its ability is my will be done. Whenever Zarek the Silent King attacks, mill three cards. You may put an artifact, creature card, uh, or vehicle card from among the cards milled this way into your hand. Oh. So. Okay, my, my first reaction to this is that this thing being four mana in a mono black deck is almost an inconsequential ability. Like, inconsequential. Like, you could get this out turn one. 
like swamp, Sol Ring, Dark Ritual, this from your command zone. You've got you've done it. You've got a three four flyer on turn one without without breaking a sweat. None of those cards are cards that are rare. None of those cards are cards that are expensive. Like a Dark Ritual's a dollar, a Sol Ring's two, and a Swamp's like basically free. And you have a Zarak Zar- in your command zone. That seems ridiculous. So if you play this and you start milling people, and it's got evasion. Right? Like this has got a similar text box to it to Sadisi Brew Tyrant, where whenever you mill, like whenever you like sorry, attack, it mills uh, some number of cards and you get value from it. And you're getting value out of artifacts and vehicles. So that all seems really good. And Black loves to mill for reanimator package. So this is some sort of reanimator deck or a ve- or an artifact or vehicle deck. Like either way, I'm pretty stoked to think this is a pretty this is a pretty cool card. What do you think, Lux? Yeah, Nate. This is definitely something that I'd rock. It is spicy, like and like the fact that it just generates card yeah. advantage for you, like that's a dredge style effect. Like this is very easily turns into a dredge deck without any trouble. Um, like you're you're laughing, and you're going to use Zarek to dig, or whatever big artifact or vehicle you want to pull out, and you're going to have a field day, and your opponents are going to have a hard time blocking it. Like, think about it. This comes down early. Like, even if he comes down on turn three, which I think is very realistic, there's going to be at least one person, if not two, that don't have a way to interact with this. And at four toughness, it doesn't die to a lot of damage-based removal, so they're going to have to use an actual piece of good removal, like a path or of swords or, you know, whatever, to get it. So, oh, I like it. That's a good card. I don't know if it's going to be the best card from the set, but it's, that's a strong card. Whew. And see, they, this is why Bono Black is one of the strongest and deck types out there. Because they, you literally don't need any other to basically game into people. Yeah, but on top of it, it's also very consistent, right? Because you don't have that secondary mana yeah. ability. And they keep giving Black like tools, like a Feed the Swarm or you know, um, Farika's Libation that allow you to deal with other problematic permanents like enchantments so that you can legitimately run a mono black deck without fear of being able to get caught out by something. So anyway, all right, let's move on. All right. Mag, Magus, Lucia Kane, one green, blue, red. So one in a teamer for legendary creature, human tyrannid wizard. Uh, she's a one, one. Spiritual leader, at the beginning of combat on your turn, put a Posumbus encounter on target creature. And then Psychic Stimulus. Tap, add two colorless. When you next cast a spell with an X in his mana cost, or activate an ability with an X in his activation cost this turn, copy that spell or ability. You may choose new targets for the permanent. Um, Thoughts? I mean, honestly, I don't know what to think of this. Well, I think... I, I just don't... Well, I, so I think the first ability is probably the least impactful of the two. Um, so I think you, you've got to... So for the spiritual leader text to matter, you have to get to the beginning of combat on your turn, and you put a single plus one plus one counter on target creature. It doesn't have to be Magus, Lucia, Kane. It could be somebody else. But I don't feel like that's hugely impactful. I think you're doing that as an extra added benefit but um these this ability where you're copying things with x spells in it plays very well with zaxara uh which is a commander from um i can't spell zaxara but zaxara i know what set it was in it was in double masters 2022 i uh, will pull it up quickly and we'll read zaxara zaxara is um also cares about um, where did she go? Dumitramoka, Emil, Azuri. Ha ha ha. Sorry, folks. This is a great podcasting right here. I'm aware. Um, but yeah, so Zaxara, where'd she go? 
Oh, I want to read her because I want to see how that works, how that would play out. Name Death Mantle. Oh. Nope. Nope. Okay. That's not it. Uh, I'm not seeing it. Maybe I'm imagining it. Anyway, Zaxara it would be is the one that I believe plays with um, the. Why am I not Zaxara? No. Anyway, she plays with um, anytime you cast an X spell, you're you you end up. I forgot what it does. Because another another Hydra token, token, I believe, and it's just pretty sweet all the way around. I will find this card. It's going to find me, and I'm going to be really frustrated with myself. But anyway, but I think this card is that you're playing it for the mana for the mana abilities, um, more so than anything else. But um, yeah, I think the card is very good. <laughs> um, but I, I'm uh, which would you rather play? Would you rather play the the mono black one we just saw? Or this one. And honestly, like, I'd rather play the mono black one because the mono black one was just. Mm. I agree with you. I think I think I, I think I agree with you. I think I would rather play the mono black one. Um, but still, this one's pretty cool. If you get into teamer and you wanna yep. and you wanna do something spicy, uh, this one can definitely help get you there. Um, lots of fun, cool things you can do with making extra mana. Um. All right, what's the next one, my friend? Okay, so next up we have Marnius Calgar for two and Esper. You get a legendary creature, Astartes Warrior, 3-5 with double strike. Has Master Tactician. Whenever one or more tokens enter the battlefield under your control, draw a card. And Chapter Master in a, for six and create and a 2-2 white Astartes warrior creature tokens with Vigilance. So this one is a combo engine. And, uh, which is, I mean, pretty, I mean, almost expected for this sort of colors combination. Um, but. Arnia's Calgar, um, if you can reduce that activated ability, which is the 6 to create two 2-2 two, two white uh, warrior tokens, uh, you can find all sorts of gross combos, including things like if you have Marnius plus Ashtar's Altar and then a Zerda or a Biomancer's Familiar. Now, you're in four colors, I am aware. Um, but you can do a lot of powerful things. Um, yeah, so I'm, I, 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 I like this card. I'm very concerned that it's going to be uh, combo-tastic and people are going to be get frustrated with it because it results in one way of dying. Right, but like, but you can make a lot of tokens. You can draw a lot of cards, and the fact that it packs yeah. a huge butt as a five, <laughs> like a five toughness creature, that's a big butt, right? Like that's just big. And then double strike on it, like that's a that's a hef a hefty stat line on this card. Like, gross, gross, good. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is this thing, yeah, I'm looking at it now. The more I look at it, whenever one or more tokens enter the battlefield under your control, draw a card. Oh, you make a token, draw a card, and like if you can sack the token, you draw another card. So, this like put it as plunderer. That's one of the combinations, I'm sure it is. Yeah, so Marnia's Calgar, Ashdod's Altar, Pitiless Plunderer. You can draw your whole cards, draw all the cards of your deck, you can do make millions of mana. And like just do all the things, and your opponents are gonna have a hard time derailing you. So that seems like fun. Yeah, this card is good. And again, now would you rather play the three color? Oh, go ahead. You know, they, they. I wonder. They. I'm just gonna say is that they. I wonder if this could potentially combo with Rafine. Um. 
I think you need a third piece. Yes, I think you, I think fundamentally it does. Because I think with Rafine, you're getting the you're getting the infinite, or you're getting lots of the 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 loot triggers, and so you could potentially make lots of tokens with through something that uh, makes tokens when you draw a card, um, or you need a way to create to- like, like creature tokens. So I'm thinking something like Nadir Kraken and Ashna's Altar would do it with Rafine and you could do a lot of crazy things um, and just flood the board with like tentacle tokens. So that's also an avenue you could take it. Like, I, just, I, I just think Marnius is like very much a combo engine, like very combo-tastic. And if you're going to want to play Marnius, people are going to expect you to have the combo in your deck and you may not want to play it. Just saying. So just be careful with this one. I mean, I think it's different than uh, Zarek. I think this one is like combo central and people are going to be wise to it very quickly. Just saying. All right. Uh, anything else on Marnius before we move on? All right. Nope. We actually have Bellacor, the Dark Master. So three blue, black, red. So three and a Grixis. Or a 6-5 legendary creature, Demon Noble. Flying as Prince of Chaos. When Bellacor, the Dark Master, enters the battlefield, you draw X cards and lose X life, where X is the number of demons you control. Lord of Torment, whenever another demon enters the battlefield under your control, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. Um, Demon Tribal is cool. I'm not excited for this particular card, but it's pretty neat. It's got lots of words on it. Do you want to build Grixis Demons there, Lux? And honestly, Grixis Demons, they, that just seems too cliche. I mean, you can get some cool ones. Like, you, like Xander's a demon. Like, Lord Xander from New Capenna is a, Z, a demon vampire. You can, you can get some cool things, but the problem with demons is that you they're, they're suitably expensive, that it's hard to be able to cast them reliably, and many of the best ones have very high black requirements, Meaning that you may not have the mana you need to cast your three-color commander um, and your heavy black spell. Like, yeah, just there's lots of there's lots of cool demons out there, and you can co- and you can build up a pretty gross one. And if you find some fast mana and a uh, Urza's Incubator or other things that reduce the casting cost of your of your demons, you could be in the, in in for you know a pretty fun game. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be enough to to really make it viable. Um, I know someone's going to build it. Like, maybe lots of people are going to build it and build it for a casual game and say, "Well, I want. I've always wanted to build Rixus Demons, and so now I can do it." And I mean, all the power to you. But uh, uh, I think if you're interested in playing demons. There are better ways to go about playing their demons. That's my thoughts. Lux, any other thoughts on Bellacor? Nope. Nope. Cool card, like very cool card. And if you're if you're someone who has like a whole binder full of big old demons, like I would not fault you for building Bellacor. But I would not. I would caution you about going and going too hog wild with building. Um, expensive Bellacor decks. Same. All right, next you have one, and we have Inquisitor Grayfax for one, a white, blue, black legendary creature, human Inquisitor, three, three with vigilance, unquestionable wisdom. Other creatures you control get plus one, plus zero, and have vigilance, and hunt for heresy. One and tap, and a tap target creature and opponent controls. Investigate. Make a two clue token. It's an artifact with two. Sacrifice this artifact. Draw a card. Okay, so we just saw the the other Esper colored uh, commander from this from this deck, which is going to be um, uh, Marnius Kalgar. And so Inquisitor Grayfax plays very nicely with um, Marnius because you tap you tap their thing to get rid of their biggest blocker. You make an investigate token, uh, a clue token. The uh, Marnius triggers 
and you get to draw a card because it triggers off a token, not a creature token. So you can trigger off a clue. And so they play together very nicely as a complementary pair. Um, I don't think Inquisitor Greyfax would likely be the commander you run right out of the, out of the box as a commander, um, unless you're looking to play on hard mode, because the Unquestionable Wisdom Clause, uh, giving your creatures plus one, plus zero in Vigilance, often isn't that impactful in Commander. Like, don't get me wrong, Vigilance is still a good ability. The ability to play offense and defense with the same card is very powerful. But it's not in the same way of, like, flying or um, trample or something else. So I think it's good, but it's not great. Um, and then the, the ability to have to tap something to and make an investigation token, the fact that it costs one mana is a problem. So you need to reduce the activation cost on it uh, and then find a way to tap and untap Inquisitor Greyfax lots in order for this to really um, hit strike a note where it's going to be what you would want to run instead of Marnius. But I still think she's very cool. Uh, I think the, I like the fact that it plays very nicely in a complementary role with the other commander from the deck. I think this is a, a really a really neat card that they've designed here. Any lux? Any lux of the other ideas? Any thoughts? What's your first impressions on Inquisitor Greyfax? I honestly like. I am just thinking of so many combos. They like, see like this is what I like from Blue. No, like instead of troll or saying no. Like, you actually do something that helps you win the game. Well, I would still argue this is still a very controlly commander. Because that ability to tap down a creature an opponent controls is very potent. Um, and you need to find ways to untap your creatures. Um, you, could find, you can find a way to untap it regularly. Um, I'm afraid this is what's going to happen here. So, you could do something like... Oh, where is it? Like dramatic reversal. You could do dramatic reversal on an Isochron Scepter, or you could like play it like a. Oh, there's all sorts of cards, but you want to untap it. So like Vizier Tumbling Sands. Um, if you can reduce that casting, like that activation cost to to zero, and then have ways to tap and untap it. For cheap, I think you're really in business there. But um, like corridor monitors and breaching hippocrate camps and link those things to make it. Anyway, I think you build a fun deck around it. Um, I'm just like I'm a little less sold on it than the other one, but that's okay. Like it, not everything has to be an absolute banger. I think this plays a really nice complementary role uh, and is uh, well worth the inclusion in, uh, in, the, in the deck. So, yeah, I like Inquisitor Greyfax. All right, up next, we have Immotech the Stormlord. And this one, I believe, is mono-black. Two black-black for a 3-3 legendary artifact creature, Necron. All right, so Pharon, uh, or I guess it's Pharon, Pharon. Uh, whenever one or more artifact cards leave your graveyard, create two 2-2 two, two black Necron Warrior artifact creature tokens. Grand Strategist. At the beginning of combat on your turn, another target artifact creature you control gets plus 2, plus 2, and gains Menace, or Menace, uh, until end of turn. Um, so this is another really good mono-black commander, isn't it? And they honestly, they I think I'm definitely going for the Necron. Deck. I wouldn't blame you because this is got just just really really good. The stat line is good. Um, you get then you have some really potent effects, like and so it's whenever artifacts leave your graveyard. So that means you could delve them. That means you could bring them back to your hand. That means you could exile them to um, to some other cost or ability. Um, you could cast uh, Underworld Breach and you know either exile them or recast them. I don't know, but you can do a lot of things with this. So when your Zarek mills them, then Immotech goes and gets them and puts them to use and making warriors and flooding the board with things. And then uh, the ability to give another target artifact creature you control plus two plus two and gains Menace. I mean that's good. At the very least, you're you know you're hoping Immotech. Um, 
can turn itself into a five five. Um, oh, sorry, turn another target artifact creature. Well, okay, then one of those Necron Warriors into a four four at the very least. But you could get something much larger than that, I am sure. So, what do you think, Imotech? You a fan? Uh, yeah, big time. I think Imotech plays in the same deck as that uh, Zarek. I'm not sure which one I'm running first. I think I'm probably running Zarek. Imotech's going to be a key key component of that <laughs> deck. May even be the best card in the 99. Because it just does a lot for you to help you to realize the benefits of you milling your graveyard so hard with your commander. So, big fan. All right, Lux, the Swarm Lord. And next, and for three, in blue and red, you get a legendary creature, Tyranid, 5-5. Five, five. Rapid regeneration, the Swarm Lord enters the battlefield, but two plus one plus one counters on it. And for each time you've cast your commander from the command zone this game, and Xeno's cunning, whenever a creature you control with a counter on it dies, draw a card. Oh, this plays really well with um, the uh, Magus Lucia Kane. Lucia because her ability to put a counter on a thing means that if you have Swarm Lord and her on the battlefield, you now have potentially a source of card draw, um, which is kind of nice. Uh, I kind of like the ability where it grows uh, in size too for each time you cast it, right? So you might cast it as a 5-5 the first turn, and then it dies. You pay two at more for it, but you're not getting a 5-5, you're getting a 7-7. And, like, that's a big tif- difference. Like, the math on a, you know, what you're prepared to spend on a 7-7 seven, seven is very different than your, than spending on a 5-5, five, five, but yet for two more mana. Um, Lux, do you think that, that change in uh, the fact that it gets bigger for each time you have to cast it from your command zone, do you think that changes the way you block with Swarmlord or the way you put it into combat? Like, you might be less concerned about putting it into combat knowing you can get it back and it's going to be larger than it was before. Oh, like big time because you know they, they with there being green they there will be ways to reduce the casting cost they get they basically bypass yeah the tax. yeah I think you're right I think there's gonna be ways to do that also every time this dies it's going to at least it's going to draw you a card because it's going to have counters on it probably and that's you know you need to cycle it <clears throat> like you have nothing else to do you sacrifice this draw the card replay it from your command zone. Potentially, like I think, you know, it's just it's just a value piece, and um, you know, I think it, in that sense it's good. Uh, it's not crazy, but it's a good, good, strong card. Um, I would not be embarrassed to play this card ever. So, yeah, I like I like this formula. I think it's really cool, really neat design on that uh, rapid regeneration clause. Yep. All right, next we have. Let's talk about uh, Vaxilus Praetor. Good heavens. Three and a white for a 3-4 Astodes Warrior with Flash, Vigilance, and Ages of Tomorrow, which means that commanders you control have protection from everything. Come on! Oh, man. I bet. That is nasty. They they did people Come dirty. On. Now I know it's not okay, so it's seriously like this card is silly. Like the good news is it dies. So it's not like it's a never like it's not like it's an enchantment that you're never gonna get rid of. Like this this is gonna eat a removal spell as fast as you can. But it's gonna save your commander one time, isn't it? Like Yep. It's basically the bodyguard. Yeah. So you're going to get have a situation where it's, it's something's going to happen to it. Someone's going to point a piece of removal at your commander, and this Vexilus Praetor is going to be your way of protecting your commander. The problem is you've also inadvertently protected everyone else's commander. This oh sorry, it's commanders you control. Never mind. So yeah, you're just going to save your commander with this as a combat trick, similar to playing an Avacyn or Rootborn Defenses or something. And you're going to laugh when they try and destroy your commander. Because Vaxilus Praetor is going to save it. 
Any other thoughts, Erlux? Uh, not really. The, the card speaks for silly. itself. Cool, but silly. Okay, up next. Your turn. Oh, this one. Oh, yeah. yeah we, have, we have Biotransference for two Black Black and have an enchantment. Creatures you control are artifacts in addition to their types. The same is true for creature spells you control and creatures cards you own that aren't on the battlefield. Whenever you cast an artifact spell, you lose one life and create a 2-2 Black Necron Warrior artifact creature token. Right. So, okay, so obviously this plays well with Immotech and with, um, with uh, Zarek. But this also plays really well with a lot of other cards. Like, it turns into, like, really gross things. So, get this. You put this Biotransference card in a, in a Sultai deck... Oh, it's the DC Brew Tyrant. With Eloise Nefalius Sleuth and Chatterfang Squirrel General in the in the deck, along with a Kirk Clan Ironworks. Uh, Eloise says, whatever another creature token you control dies, uh, you investigate. And the Squirrel Token says, Chatterfang says, uh, if one or more tokens would be created under your control, uh, those tokens plus that many 1-1 one, one green Squirrel creature tokens are, are created instead. Um, so, when you sacrifice a creature for Eloise, sorry, when a creature you control dies, but you're going to sack it to the Kark Clan Ironworks, because Biotransference turns them all into tokens, uh, artifacts, you're going to make a clue token. Chatterfang is going to see it and make a, a squirrel token that you're then going to sack to Kark Clan Ironworks because it's, it's an artifact, and it's all going to repeat it again. So you're <laughs> going to have you know, arbitrarily large number of clue tokens, you're going to be able to draw your whole deck. You're going to make piles of colorless mana. This card is very good, folks. Like, if you are in the mono-black artifact deck, this card is going to be very, very, very good. Lux, any thoughts? And honestly, they every single card from the Necron deck that I see just I makes know, me want it nuts, even more. It? Now... This one you have to watch out yeah. because if someone plays a car in the great creator, you're kind of up a creek. Just gonna say that. Karn the great creator. What does Karn say? I'm pretty sure activated abilities or artifacts your opponent's control can't be can't be activated. So if you have creatures or things that get turned into nope, never mind. Biotransference is oh yeah, that's what's the problem is. It's you control. So you play this, and your opponent plays Karn, you're up a creek. So, just saying, watch out. Watch the meta. Um, next, we have Gearson Starn Kelimorph. I put this one on because Josh Lee Kwai from the Command Zone was excited about this because it's a neat take on a ping commander. Um, so the Timmy deck. Um, so one blue red for a 3-2 legendary creature, Tyranid Humid. Human. Ward 2. Uh, and then, uh, whenever another source you control deals exactly one damage to a permanent, uh, Gearson, Starn, Kelimorph deals two damage to that permanent or player. So, you play a Prodigal Sorcerer, um, you ping your opponent for one, now it turns into, uh, deals extra damage to something. All seems good to me. Um, I don't think I want to build the, the, the Tim deck, but I know there's a lot of people out there that like this sort of deck um, and are going to be looking to exploit Gearson. Any thoughts or Lux on the, the pinger? And not, nope, not, not, your, this not your jam? No, not really my jam either. Yep. But it's, it's <laughs> if people want to talk about it. This next card, though, is kind of dumb. This card is dumb. Yeah, they... Like Reaver Titan for seven generic, an artifact vehicle, ten ten, and void shields, protection from mana value three or less, and Gatling Blaster. Whenever Reaver Titan attacks, it deals five damage to each opponent. Crew four. Okay. So, wait. Okay, let's talk about this. Protection from mana value three or less. That means your opponent can't shatter this. It can't Vandal Blast it. Um. 
Like, you just can't. Because of the protection. Because um, Vandal Blast... I would have to, like, check with a, ref, with a, with a judge. But Vandal Blast costs one. Shatter costs two. Uh, costs two. And then like, you're just getting into the stuff where they, you're going to be missing out on ways to kill this. Um, you can't nature's claim it. Return to nature. Nat- naturalize it. You can't even reclamation stage this. You can't even rec stage this. Think about that, Lux. How many people are running rec stage in their decks as their artifact or enchantment removal, and now you can't even kill Reaver Titan with it? That's growth. Yeah, they seriously. They yeah, they they yeah, that's so, that's but, dirty. It right punches there. a hole through your opponent's like play plan. Seven mana is expensive. Don't get me wrong, but there are lots of ways to reduce the costs of artifacts. There are lots of ways. So, but I, I'll give you an example of their audience. Uh, Sahili, um, the uh, the Sahili, the gifted deck, which is a blue red artifact deck. Sahili has an ability on it where she says, where she says you can as a plus one, where you can reduce the casting cost of your next spell. Um, equal to the number of artifacts you have in play. Well, it isn't hard to reduce your Reaver Titan down to, you know, two or three mana. Now you're playing a two or three mana 10-10 like, vehicle that you can um, proceed to crew and do ridiculous, ridiculous things. So I'm a big fan. This is very much Timmy magic, but I like it. I think this is fun. Fox, any thoughts on your end? And they do know one they pretty you know, like range inducing way to get rid of this, but let's just say that everybody else at the table is going to be hating oh, you yeah. for doing it. Yeah, everyone's going to be like, "Uh oh, that's a problem because we can't actually kill that." Yeah, that you know exactly what card I'm talking um, about. Um, well, I can think of many cards, but go for which. What what specifically are you thinking of? Yeah. And Jockle Hops. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, seriously, would that they that just be funny? They they just said they as a prank, you know, they you see and Reaver Titan hit the field and you're just like, okay, and they meet Jockle Hops. Yeah, I mean at least at least you would have an answer to it. Right? Like I just said that they like that it'll be funny seeing people's reactions. Like you've literally just reset the game to just to do a one card. Be mad at you because they might look at their hand and have a claim to claim claim to nature. Sorry, nature's claim and a rex sage in hand and say, "Well, I can't stop that." So someone better, and Chocolate House might be the only might have might be the only trick. So you know what, like. It's basically well, yeah, sports shirt you know, policy you have right no there. Way to deal with it, I think you got to take your chances and fire off the jockle hops and see if you can't get a rebuild and remove the ultra dangerous threat on the board. So, yeah. Particularly if you know you have the jockle hops, you could perhaps structure your, your plays such that you sandbag a couple of lands in hand so that you can replay them and sort of get a jump on your opponents um, after you cleaned up their giant Reaver Titan. So, but Reaver Titan in itself is a cool, cool card, and uh, I'm a big fan. So, like, I like it a lot. I think you can find lots of ways to make it cheaper, and I think the card is going to be fun. And it's one of those cards that I think if you resolve it, it's going to be a cool story around, yeah, dude, you remember that time I killed the table with a Reaver Titan? Anyway, uh, what do we got last? Um, is this mine or yours? Okay, Resurrection Orb. Uh, for two generic mana, you have an artifact, you have equipment. Equipped creature has lifelink. Okay, cool. When every equipped creature dies, return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. And you have to equip this for four. This feels like Gift of Immortality. That's what this feels like. And that's a very powerful recursive engine for lots of gross things. So, 
Yeah. And of course, I bet this is in the Necron deck. Like straight up Necron yeah. for days. Read? Uh, yeah, they they <laughs> so yeah, big time. Anyway, I think the card's cool. Um I think there's lots of powerful things you can do with this with, with death triggers. Um so taste of Karlov or Ao or lots of other cool things um turn into really potent things thanks to this particular card. Okay. Anything else there, Lux, that you want to talk about? Any, any other cards that we didn't mention? All right. Not currently. So, let's brew tonight's deck. So, Lux, I'm not going to lie to you. I was sitting there, and I'm looking at all these, at that Reaver Titan card in particular, and I'm like, we've had some really cool vehicles in the last little while. How do I maximize some of these cool vehicles? And so I went to Dominaria United, and I found that the uh, I found Aster Bearer of Blades, which is a commander that cares about vehicles. And so let's read Aster. Um, Aster is two red white for a four four legendary creature human warrior. When Aster Bearer of Blades enters the battlefield, look at the top seven cards of your of your library. You may reveal an equipment or vehicle card from among them and put them into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order, and then equip costs cost one. And vehicle costs uh, have crew one. So if you have an Aster in your command zone, which is essentially acting as a quasi-tutor for you to go dig seven deep every time you cast it, you're going to be able to find some pretty powerful equipment or some pretty powerful vehicles. And I wanted vehicles, Lux. So the two I really want in this deck, I want a Mech Titan core and I want uh, the Reaver Titan. Um, where's my River Titan? It's not on this list. I want to get a River Titan and put it in this list. Because that card would be cool in this list. Yeah, River Titan. And we're going to take out... What are we going to take out? Let's take out this one. Alright, so, you've got... Those are the two big ones. You want to play the uh, Mech Titan Core, or you want to play the River Titan. Um... To go along with that, you need either things to crew your vehicles or you need other vehicles so that you can maximize your Mech Titan core and turn it into Voltron. And that's the whole deck. Like, that's what this deck wants to do. It's got things to cut down on the cost of your of your artifacts. So things like Joyrus Familiar. Uh, you have uh, Foundry Inspector, which is another one that helps reduce the cost of your artifacts. Um, you've got Giant Ox, which can... Oh, sorry, not Jox. Uh, plow. Um, giant Plow that's going to allow you to... A giant Plow? Anyway. You have lots of ways to make extra mana or reduce the casting costs of your man, of your things um, and ways to lean into advantage of your stuff. You've got a small recursion package so that if something gets milled or destroyed, you have things like uh, Refurbish, but also Cavalier of the Dawn, which has a clause where you can return an artifact to your to the battlefield. Um, there is also Indomitable... Nope, that's not the one. Uh, Iron Soul Enforcer, which will also double it and refurbish. So you got a few ways to get something that dies, like a Mech Titan Core back. Put them into play. And then you've got a modest suite of spells that are going to allow you to um, potentially make a mess of the board. Um, you've got some protection in like an eerie interlude, um, and other related cards that allow you to like blink your things out of, out of existence. So they don't die. Um, yeah, I think just generally speaking though, the, the whole thing looks pretty fun and it's under $90 Lux. So anything that surprised you or jumped off the table, like jumped off the page to you as being a card that would to include or something I forgot. Eh, no, not really. And, and they honestly, they it's honestly not been nice seeing Boros get some love, and they much needed needed love because they, they even within the the recent Ravnica set a few years ago, they that basically no, wasn't really enough. Feather was in, Feather was and it was was one interesting take on Boros, and but it's not that interesting. 
and red white artifacts like red white vehicles has been a thing in the past with Depala, but i really do think that uh, aster gives you something far more interesting and the ability to go in uh to go and look and dig up yet more vehicles to allow you to continue to chain them together so um i like it i think it's a fun look at it i think if you were to show up to a game and try and and play this you, you know it would again present uh, a deck that very clearly had a plan uh what you were looking to do whether the plan is good enough to win i don't know i doubt it significantly but it gives you a starting point which upon which you can build if you want to take an aster deck maybe you want the aster and you want to rebuild it entirely and turn it into, into artifacts uh sorry equipments but i'm thinking the vehicles seem like a fun way to go And honestly, like over the last few years, it's been nice. Like it's a breath of fresh air seeing Boros slightly move away from like the combat and the tactic oriented yeah, and, in the play. For sure, and like, like with yeah, and, and and done in a way where they um, have no choice but to attack with artifacts and equipment. Like that seems dull. Um, you know, this seems significantly more interesting as a. Um, as an option where you can play Bora's vehicles, which I mean, not an awesome ability or an awesome sweet set of cards, but um, definitely, I think is a, a take in the right direction in terms of what we're doing. The other thing that I just want to bring to highlight to people's attention here, and I know it's uh, may not matter to most of you. Um, I don't think I want that card right now. Um, is the in Moxfield, you have a new feature. So, along the top bar, you have you know, if you ever if you ever log in there, audience, and hopefully some of you do because there's a great website to help you build decks. We build them on there all the time. So, there's that edit, there's a play test, bulk edit, buy more, all that stuff. You go across the search feature, then there's a, uh, a gear for your settings, but then there's also a new uh, add packages. You can add a budget mana base for like for with a single click, and it will populate a, the mana for your deck and in a way. Then you can pick set it if you want expensive mana or if you want cheap mana. And so I, I pushed I pushed the cheap mana, and sure enough, there we got it. We've got a mana with the most expensive mana uh, like land card in the whole suite. Is uh, a Fury Calm uh, Snarl at a dollar seventy nine, and you know what? It doesn't look terrible. So you can do a lot of things, uh, save yourself a lot of money uh, if that's what you're looking at. So, also, I don't know if people are interested. Uh, you can also have your um, your Moxfield account pr uh, create uh, proxies of the entire deck if you want to like. Proxy it out with actual art that's that was art from the set, and then uh, use them as proxy play cards to test it out before you go and build the deck and buy it. So, just saying, Moxfield is a great tool for us if you want to look to you know check out different things uh, and find some different features to help keep your game um, your game uh, as as affordable as you can do it. Lux, any other thoughts around um, Aster before we move on? Yeah. That looks pretty, pretty decent. good deck I mean, right here. Again, I don't think you're scaring too many tables, but you present a game plan, you've got a plan, uh, and you're going to be able to do the, do a thing, and hopefully you get to you get to do your thing and uh, maybe do some damage with a Reaver Titan or a Mech Titan core and uh, have a story to tell about it. So, all right. Let's move on to wrap this one up, Lux, because it's getting late, and the audience wants to go home, and uh, we want to go to bed. So, um, thanks very much for uh, to everybody for for showing up this week and uh, joining us on this week's show. We really appreciate it. It's always amazing how quickly our, our hour whizzes by. I think I'm a little over an hour now at this point with our with our show. Um, if you want to leave us some feedback on social media, be sure to reach out to us and email us at the Epic Experiment Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can always hit us up on Twitter at the Epic Experiment Podcast. Sorry, the Epic Epic Exp Cast. 
um, or you can find us on Instagram at the same one, Epic EXP Cast. Uh, you can follow all of our decks on Moxfield. Look for the username, The Epic Experiment Podcast. Um, also, regardless of what platform you're using, if you like what you hear, leave a, leave a question, uh, make a comment, like, follow, subscribe. Every little bit helps get the word out there that we are here. Uh, we're back for summer vacation. We're talking Commander each and every week. We'll catch it up as fast as we can to get back on top of things. Uh, and we'd love to hear from all of you. So help us out, get the word out there um, so we can uh, grow this community and help people um, enjoy their next game of Commander as best we can. Next week, we're going to be moving on. I'm pretty sure we're talking some Infinity because it's all coming out and the previews are all started. Um, but that'll have to wait until next week. Until then, this is the Epic Experiment Podcast signing off, wishing you all the best wherever you next play Magic. Thanks very much, everybody. Take care. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next